Well, take your Bibles tonight and uh, let's turn into the book of Galatians, uh, chapter 6. Galatians chapter 6. We're going to finish up our study on the book of Galatians. Uh, it's a short book, but we've been in it, in it for quite some time as we've, we've took, taken a couple breaks here and there for Christmas, Thanksgiving. I think going all the way back to Thanksgiving since we've uh, been in the book of Galatians. Uh, but I hope it's been a blessing and a challenge to you. And as I said tonight, uh, the last message uh, uh, in the book of Galatians. Uh, but uh, the title of the message tonight is Glory Only in the Cross. And, and uh, Paul uh, ends uh, this letter to the, this was a letter that was uh, uh, circulated to the different local New Testament churches in Galatia, um, and uh, uh, like what we would call modern day Turkey today. And uh, uh, Paul is ending his letter, uh, really uh, he's been through the whole thing, addressing some false teaching uh, that had crept into these churches and uh, even false teachers, if you will, that were standing in these churches and teaching false doctrines, uh, teaching another gospel, of course, that had to do with works, and, and uh, they were Judaizers uh, trying to add things to salvation, uh, particularly circumcision. Now, the, the unique thing about this part of the book of Galatians that we're looking at, Paul would typically tell someone else what to write, and, and he may have signed it, uh, those types of things, but he would basically, what do you call that, dictate to somebody as they would write uh, the letter for him. Many believe that he probably was unable to see really well. Uh, there's some speculation about that. I don't know that we could say that for sure. Uh, but at the end of this letter, we're going to see that Paul himself takes the pen in his hand. And at least these last several verses, uh, he actually, in the original letter, of course, uh, he wrote these uh, last few verses by his own hand. And I believe that he did that uh, for a purpose. I believe that he wanted to stress the compassion that no doubt he was feeling here because all through the book he was really dealing with a lot of things. Uh, and his, his worry was and, and his heart for all this and the reason that he was, I would even say uh, in a good way, spiritually speaking, he was being emotional about this, was that these churches that, that he had uh, planted or been a part of anyway, uh, they were leaning in the wrong direction. And it was important to him, to him that, that that not happen. Uh, and these men had come in and they were teaching wrong things and it appears they were even boasting about it, kind of prideful about what they were teaching and, and probably it had become kind of a movement. Um, and, you know, certainly there could be some room for some pride in there. You know, somebody says, hey, I, I've got all this together and I, I know something that Paul doesn't know. And, and so there was a lot of things that were going on and certainly they were uh, saying a lot of uh, terrible things about Paul as well. And uh, Paul, he, he declares, you know, that, that no child of God should ever boast in any type of work, you know, period. Uh, especially in connection to salvation, that a child of God should only boast, as we're going to see here in just a moment. In other words, we should only glory in the cross of Christ. Amen? And, and certainly that's true. So I'm going to ask you, if you will, to stand with me in reverence and to the Word of God, if you're able to tonight. Um, Galatians chapter 6, beginning with verse 11. Verse 11, I've already made mention of this already, but we'll read it. Paul says, You see how large a letter I have written unto you in mine own hand. As many as desire to make a fair shoe in the flesh, they constrain you. So he's still talking about these Judaizers. They constrain you to be circumcised, only lest they should suffer persecution for the cross of Christ. For neither they themselves who are circumcised keep the law. So, you know, they're stressing keep the law to be saved, but they don't keep the law <laughs> themselves. 
uh, but desire to have you circumcised that they may glory uh, in your flesh. And uh, so notice verse the top of verse 12 there again, as many desire to make a shoe, a fair shoe in the flesh. In other words, they, this was about them. And we read there in verse uh, 13 uh, that they may glory in your flesh. In other words, uh, they were teaching these things and, and then uh, these folks would be circumcised to be saved, they thought. And then these folks would stand back and put their thumbs in their suspenders and go, see there, I, you know, I gave you the truth and now you're saved. That was the, the boasting that was going on. But look at verse 14. But God forbid that I should glory, save in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. By whom the world is crucified unto me and I unto the world. You know, it's not only the world being dead to us, but we need to be dead to the world. Uh, verse 15, For in Christ Jesus neither circumcision availeth anything nor uncircumcision, but a new creature. Amen. Verse 16, And as many as walk according to this rule, peace be on them. In other words, the, the gospel that Paul preached, the true gospel. And peace be on them and mercy upon all the Israel of God. That little phrase, Israel of God, my understanding there, it, I want to be careful. We never want to confuse the church with Israel. But my understanding is there that this was all of those that are saved, whether you be Jew or, or Gentile. And then verse 17, From henceforth let no man trouble me, for I bear in my body the marks of the Lord Jesus. And that, that's a sermon right there in its own. And then Paul finally says, Brethren, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. Father, we, amen. Father, we ask that you would bless this sermon tonight. Speak to our hearts, Lord. I, I know we may have things going on. We may have responsibilities. But Lord, if we could just calm ourselves, focus in on the preaching of the word of God tonight. And uh, Father, just uh, help us to understand what you'd have us understand in this wonderful passage of Scripture. And Father, we'll thank you for it. We'll love you for it. Father, when the invitation is given, I pray, Lord, that folks would come and do business with you. In Jesus Christ's name we do pray. Amen and amen. All right, so again, the title of the message tonight is Glory Only in the Cross. We'll just jump right into this. And uh, false teachings, I would even say false teachers, certainly are flesh-led. I brought your attention to uh, a couple phrases in those verses there, 12 and 13. As many as desire to make a fair shoe in the flesh, Paul's saying these guys are just trying to bring attention to themselves, and then how they, in verse 13, how they glory, make glory in your flesh. And so really it was all about them. Now, it's not nothing new today. Um, there's a lot of false teachings, false churches, if you will, uh, which are really, by definition, cults that have their beginnings from, from prideful men and, or, or in some cases even women that uh, have started some type of, of movement that claims to be uh, the true gospel. Um, and again, you know, we're, we're not trying to start trouble, but as, a, as your pastor, I think it's important that I call these things out so that you can be aware of these because you may have folks knock on your door from time to time. Uh, and again, I believe the Bible teaches that Mormonism is never going to get anybody to heaven. I believe the Bible teaches that Seventh-day Adventist is not going to get you to heaven. Certainly, practicing Catholicism is not going to get you to heaven. Hinduism, Islam, uh, Christian science, Church of Christ, and so on. And all these different uh, groups, if you will, they have one thing in common. They were begun by people, or usually one person, who really were promoting their own works. If you stop and really just take an honest look at how these things started, and a lot of these that I've just mentioned here really aren't that old. They've only been around 100, 150 years. So these are things that are fairly new. 
Um, but again, they have a lot of things in common. One is they're promoted by people who promote their own works. And unfortunately, a lost and dying world seems quick to latch on to these uh, uh, deceived, you know, uh, workers of the flesh, if you will. Uh, and which is exactly, in many cases, what they want because they are seen as, as the head of that, of that movement, if you will. Um, and, and that's uh, unfortunate. Uh, you know, they may seem super spiritual, very intellectual, those types of things. Uh, but they want to be that one who started that new belief system. And again, if you study some of these, uh, just some that I've mentioned here, but any more, you'll find out that there is a, there is a, a individual usually at the beginning of those. And, and their belief system uh, defies what the Bible says, what the Word of God says. And so theirs is not the doctrine that was handed down by Christ to His disciples. Amen. I know I've mentioned this before, but I always want to just kind of remind people that uh, uh, here at Central Calvary Baptist Church, we are not Protestants. And I know a lot of times people kind of throw the Baptists in with the Protestant churches. We say, well, what is a Protestant church? Protestant churches are those churches that came out of Catholicism. Uh, that would be your Presbyterians, your Methodists, uh, and so on. Uh, Church of England, those types of things. They, they came out of the Catholic movement. It doesn't mean that they weren't Christians. It doesn't mean that th those folks weren't saved. But we're not Protestants. We never came out of anything. We are still, there's been a line of believers since the time of Christ and his disciples. That doctrine, that truth has been handed down, handed down, handed down, handed down. That line is not broken. And that is the doctrine that you and I uh, hopefully are living today that we teach and we preach and promote here at Central Calvary Baptist Church, not just here, but other churches, Baptist churches across the country. And so uh, I want you to, to understand that. Ours is not a new belief system, amen? Uh, it, it is the, that doctrine that was handed down by Christ to his disciples, then down through the centuries, still being preached today, still being taught, by the way, just like the Bible said that it would, amen? And we praise the Lord for that. Uh, but theirs uh, is, is something certainly that, that is added later, uh, and they all have, again, that one thing in common as well. Another thing they have in common is works-based salvation. There are things that they say that you have to do to be saved, and you have to continue to do to remain saved. They all have that in common. Not saying they all do the same work, but they but they have that in common. And that's what Paul was battling and addressing even in his day. Uh, you know, a works-based uh, type uh, salvation, in this case adding works uh, to uh, the cross, if you will. Uh, and, but again, I, you know, I, I think too that, again, a lot of this, these false teachers and things, and, and you know, there's still people coming out with new belief systems and stuff, but it's all about themselves. And, and, and again, they want to appeal... Uh, certainly to man. They're not appealing to God. Um, and these false teachers, uh, false churches, another thing that you'll notice too is they very rarely teach, preach on God's love. They very rarely, very rarely that is, uh, uh, you know, encourage people to, to seek a close fellowship, a intimate fellowship with, with the God of heaven. 
uh, their preaching, their teaching is really all about their their works, their 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 uh, 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 sacraments, or or whatever it is they're wanting to do. That's their belief system. Uh, they will preach baptismal regeneration. In other words, you have to be baptized to be saved. They will preach on keeping a holy days, sacraments, if you will. Do this, do that. Yet not preaching on the compassion and love and mercy and long-suffering of God. Just do these works and keep on doing these works, and that's your relationship with God. And certainly that doesn't sound at all like what the God that we find in our Bible, does it? Amen? And, and, and again, these are, are things that, that Paul, uh, again, certainly didn't want to see happen in these churches that he had planted. In this case, he was battling what we, we know today is to be Judaizers, adding works to salvation. Namely, uh, they were saying, oh yeah, yeah, you get saved by grace. You accept Jesus Christ as your Savior, but if you really want to go to heaven, you need to get circumcised too. And Paul said, no, 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 that's not it at all. And again, we see some of those same types of things today. Uh, and again, you know, going back to these uh, false belief systems that, that I just mentioned, and there, there are many more we could probably talk about, again, you'll find a, a person's or, or individual even who began each of those false belief systems, again, whose purpose is to, to glory uh, in their, their deceived converts. You know, in other words, they're, they're, they're looking at those that have followed them and saying, see, here you go, um, to make a show. But if you research, again, what is truly seen uh, in, your, in your Bibles tonight concerning salvation, you will find Jesus Christ, amen? You will find His doctrine. You will find His teachings. You won't find, uh, 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 you know, Joseph Smith. You won't find that, amen? You won't find uh, John Campbell. You won't find, hey, listen, you'll find Jesus Christ. That's who you'll find, amen? Not some man that started some, some type of religious system. Not Muhammad, amen. You'll find Jesus Christ. And that's important. Amen. Hey, I don't want something that's come from an impure well, do you? Hey, I want the living water. I want the true water. I want the truth, amen. And we have it right here. It's the, it's the same gospel that Paul was preaching. Again, we go back even further than that. It's the same gospel that Christ handed down. It's the same gospel that Paul was preaching. It's the same gospel that men have been preaching all through the ages. The same gospel we're preaching tonight. And I think that's important. And you'll not find some, some prideful person trying to make a name for them or, or him or herself. You'll find the true way to make heaven your home. And that's why we need to have a little righteous indignation about some of the, well, they're good people. Well, they might be good people, but they are, they are preaching damnable heresies that, that send people into hell. Amen? We need to understand that. False teachers can, false teachers can never glory only in the cross. They can't do that because they add things to the cross. They can't, they can't say what Paul said here. He said, uh, he said in verse 14, But God forbid that I should glory, save only in the cross of our Lord. Said, That's all I'm glorying in, is the cross of Calvary. And so, so again, uh, uh, they, the uh, works-based salvation, they're adding things to the cross, and certainly that means that they're being led by the flesh. Number two, only a true believer... Only, I could say only a true believer, a preacher, a church family, if you will, will boast only in the cross. 
Look what Paul says again, verse 14, But God forbid that I should glory, save in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom the whole world is crucified unto me, and I unto the world. By the way, that's a good place to be right there. Verse 15, For in Christ Jesus neither circumcision availeth anything, nor uncircumcision, but a new creature. And as many as walk according to this rule, peace be on them, mercy, and upon the Israel of God. So true faith, listen very carefully, true faith can only glory in the cross. If, if there's a faith or belief system in there, out there that is glorying, uh, certainly not in the cross, or glorying in the cross plus something else, listen, that's not a true faith. True faith can only glory in the cross. If my baptism saved me, it would be the cross and my baptism that I would have to glory in. Does that just not make common sense, folks? I mean, to me, that's just simple. Uh, if, if I had to belong to a certain church, if I had to keep a sacrament, if I had to keep a certain standard, uh, one would not be able to do, as Paul says here, to do to glory only in the cross. We'd have to glory in something else too, wouldn't we? And that's what Paul was saying. By the way, you know, why, why, would, <laughs> why would any human being think they could add to the cross? I mean, that's, that is just crazy. As a matter of fact, that's just wickedness if you really get right down to it. Jesus' debt on the cross paid how much of our debt tonight? Oh, it's paid in full. Praise the Lord. On the cross, Jesus paid how many of our transgressions? All of our transgressions, amen. How much of our condemnation did he take? All of our condemnation. Woo! Paul says, I'm only going to glory in the cross, amen. Not going to add anything. Certainly not going to take anything away. And as you think about Jesus Christ hanging there between heaven and earth, as his precious blood dripped down to the ground, and he cried, it is finished. Uh, what's the song? In my hand no price I bring, simply to the cross I cling. Woo! Jesus' death, not anything else. I say again, Jesus' death, not anything else, delivers a poor, wretched sinner from the bondage of sin and death. All by itself, amen. That's the cross. And false teachings, you know what false teachings do? I was thinking about this this, this afternoon. And uh, false teachings really keep the flesh alive and thriving, do they not? Think about it. Now, we just read there, Paul said, you know, we need to die to the world. The world needs to be dead to us. But if I'm adding to the cross, that means my flesh has got to be involved in this thing. I've got to be doing some things, amen. Are, are we, is the flesh not supposed to be dying? Right? I mean, that's what my Bible tells me, right, throughout. Uh, and again, uh, listen, false teachings keep the flesh alive and thriving, but we're to die to self, we're to die to this world. Galatians 2.20, I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me, and the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Amen. How did he give himself for me? On the cross. Amen. Woo, that's good stuff. So it's the cross, not works, that uh, I become a new creature. Amen.
these, uh, these for sins could not atone. Thou must save and thou alone. Thou is Jesus. Amen. Nothing else. You know, think about this for just a second. As we think about Jesus Christ uh, hanging there on the cross and dying for our sin. How could anybody walk up, bring their puny little works to God and lay them beside the cross? I mean, that's what you're doing. I mean, when you say, yeah, well, yeah, you got to do this, you got to do that, and you got to do that, and you do all those things, and, you know, yeah, yeah, the cross, oh, yeah, absolutely, yeah, Jesus Christ died for my sins. But, you know, you need to do this, too. That's what you're doing. You're taking all those little puny little fleshly works, keeping the flesh alive, and you're laying them beside the cross of Calvary. I say that's wickedness. I say that's taken away from God, amen? I'd, I'd say that would be not just glorying in the cross, but glorying in what I have done and what I'm doing, or maybe not doing in some cases. How can anyone do that? Works-based teaching is, is really a corruption of the worst kind. We must be born again, as Peter said, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible by the Word of God. In other words, what the Word of God teaches, which liveth and abideth forever. Amen. Hey, listen, salvation, we can only glory in the cross. The only way a believer can have peace is to glory in the cross. Look at verse 16 again. And as many as walked according to this rule, in other words, what Paul's preaching, only glorying in the cross. As many that uh, walk according to this rule, peace be on them and mercy upon the Israel of God. So this teaches us that we have, the only way to really have that peace is to know that it's all about the cross and not what I have to do or not have to do. You know, as a born-again believer, I couldn't imagine getting up every day and saying, okay, i got to do this, i got to do that. Well, i got to make sure I don't die if, I'm not, if my works aren't right in place. What if I die? What if something happens? What if I crash on the way to work? You know, what, what, what happens? And I, I need to, boy, I haven't done this and I haven't done that. What, what a way to live. And that's sad because Christ has never called us to live that way. So we wouldn't have peace. Also, I should mention mercy there too. It teaches us the only way we can appreciate his mercy is to glory in the cross alone. I can't appreciate the mercy of God if I've got my works piled up there at the cross. Amen. That's crazy. But the point, again, for tonight is I want you to understand the, the false teachings of works is a very serious thing. And we can't just say, well, and I know sometimes there's differences in, you know, in some things that don't have to do with salvation. Please don't misunderstand me here. But when we start talking about adding works to faith, hey, this, we're not talking about just brothers that are a little confused. We're talking about people that do not know the gospel of Christ. And they need to be saved. Amen. That's important. The false teaching of works frustrates the true work of God. And again, it applies a lot of pressure to that person because they cannot, you know, if they're trying to live that way, they cannot totally rely on the finished work of the cross. They can't rely on it. The cross, the cross I can't. I have to do things. They cannot, they cannot let up. They can't let the guard down for one second for fear of losing their salvation. What a what a terrible way to have to live. Amen? And aren't you glad that's not the way that it is? 
So Paul says, I don't glory in anything but the cross. And as we end here, Paul's very own body was a testament of preaching and teaching salvation through faith in God's grace, plus or minus nothing else. Paul carried a lot of scars preaching the truth of God. He says in verse 17, it's almost like Paul is saying, you know what, I'm done talking and I don't want to hear no more about this. <laughs> he says, from henceforth let no man trouble me, for I bear in my body the marks of the Lord Jesus. Brethren, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. Amen. Paul certainly suffered a great deal battling a lot of things. One of the things that he probably battled the most was works-based salvation. I mean, that's what really got him, you know, taken to Rome in the first place, was, was preaching against these things. And, and Paul is saying, my testimony, these, these marks say all that needs to be said. Now, if we're not careful there, we might think that Paul was maybe doing some boasting of his own. I don't believe that. Paul wasn't saying, look at my scars, look what I've endured, you know. Uh, you know, sometimes us men, we get together, we like to compare our battle wounds, you know. Well, I remember I, you know, cut my toe off. And look here, you know. You know and Paul wasn't doing that. Uh, Paul wasn't saying, look here, look what I've endured. He's just saying those were marks that he bore for Christ. That Christ who hung on the cross. And those were certainly the marks of a true believer. Strong evidence of the compassion that he had, again, for the true gospel of Christ. He says, I'm going to glory. He said, I'm not going to glory in anything save in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. Boy, we need that today, amen? How about us tonight? You know, as I was just kind of thinking here about some things. Are we willing to carry the marks? I'm not talking about, you know, going through what Paul went through per se. But are we willing to carry the marks, you know, the ridicule, the, you know, the courage to stand up and say, you know what, I, I love you, but, but that's not what the Bible says. Are we, are we willing to carry those marks, testify we only glory in the cross? I think we need to be, amen. You see, souls weigh in the balance. Souls weigh in the balance. I mean, we're talking about people, you know, either going to heaven or going to hell. I mean, this, this gospel thing's serious, folks. It's not just believe what you want to believe, amen. It's, it's believing what the Bible says, amen. It's not holding on to tradition. It, it, it's not holding on to sentimental reasons. You, you know, there's some people that are stuck in some type of false religion system, and the only reason they're stuck in that is because they're afraid of a spouse, they're afraid of a mom, they're afraid of a brother, they're afraid of something, uh, and, and they are stuck in that for sentimental reasons. That's sad. Hey, listen, I don't know about you, we need the truth, amen. <laughs> and we have it here in the Bible. And again, I just want to I want to ask you tonight. You don't have to answer it out loud, but you know, as pastor, I just I just want everybody to know tonight. I I, I wouldn't want anybody to leave here tonight not knowing they were one hundred percent sure they're saved. Are you truly saved tonight? I tell you what, let's do this. We've been talking about the cross. Grab your hymnal. <clears throat>
hymn number 10. Hymn number 10. Oh, we got plenty of time. We got plenty of time. Near the Cross, written by Fanny Crosby, a great old hymn. As we think about this cross, again, Paul would say, God forbid that I should glory save in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. What's the cross mean to you tonight? Boy, I hope it means a lot to you, amen. You know, I preached this morning about faith and character. I, I believe your attitude towards the cross of Calvary is really going to affect how you behave in this world. You know, if the cross doesn't mean much to you, you're just going to live like the rest of the world out there, amen. But boy, if you only glory in the cross, it'll change your life, won't it? Amen. Let's sing all four of those verses. You want to? All right, you can remain seated. All right, I'll try to sing it here. I'm trying to get the tune in my head. Jesus, keep me near the cross. There a precious fountain, free to all a healing stream, flows from Calvary's mountain. In the cross, in the cross, be my glory ever. Till my raptured soul shall find rest beyond the river. Near the cross, O oh, trembling soul, love and mercy found me. There the bright and morning star sheds its beams around me. In the cross, in the cross, be my glory ever, till my raptured soul shall find rest beyond the river. Near the cross, O Lamb of God, bring its scenes before me. Help me walk from day to day with its shadows o'er me. Amen. In the cross, in the cross, be my glory ever. Till my raptured soul shall find rest beyond the river. Near the cross I'll watch and wait, hoping, trusting ever, till I reach the golden strand, amen, just beyond the river. In the cross, in the cross, be my glory ever. Till my raptured soul shall find rest beyond the river. Let's all stand with our heads bowed and our eyes closed. Father, we come to you tonight thanking you for the cross of Calvary. And Father, it was upon that old rugged cross, as the song says, that you bled and died for the sins of the world. 
And Father, it was upon that old rugged cross that you cried, it is finished. And the Bible says that you bowed your head and you gave up the ghost. And Father, at that moment in time, that, that, that dispensation, that wonderful church age in which we live in today began. And the Father, it is through grace and grace alone that one can be saved.